Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. And welcome to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, brought to you from the Queen's Club West London and brought to you, in fact, from overlooking the centre court of the Queen's Club West London, where they have just inflated the bubble to protect the court from what we expect to be yet more rain overnight. And of course, the Tennis Podcast is brought to you also in association with The Telegraph. I'm Catherine Whitaker, and my usual wingman, David Law, is far too busy a bee to deign to join me on the tennis podcast but not to worry because I have found a far superior replacement in the form of Gigi Salmon. Gigi thank you for joining me once again. Well thank you for asking me and I have to say we talk about the cover going up on centre court it's great to see it go up in a sense of how it comes about but it's very depressing to look up to the skies they are dark dark clouds. They are dark, dark clouds, and that rather tells the story of the day, doesn't it? Because not many balls were struck because of the rain, but we did have just enough play on court to see Richard Gasquet, the fourth seed, lose to Steve Johnson in straight sets. We'll be talking about that very shortly, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Grigor Dimitrov, Milos Raonic, head groundsman Graham Kimpton, who's just over to my right, helping to inflate this court, and also from Stan Vavrinka's new super coach, Richard Krychek. So we must start with the one result, the one significant result we had today. We should also mention that Kevin Anderson finally managed to complete his qualifying match and he has qualified for the tournament where he was a finalist last year. But Richard Gasquet, Gigi, tumbling out. He was obviously affected by what was a very frustrating day, but still a disappointing performance from him. Very disappointing. When Rain stopped play the first time around, it was five all in the first set. He was 15-40 on the Johnson serve. He came out, Johnson won the next two points. Gasquet had a further break point. But all credit to Steve Johnson because he just kept playing his game. We even got a racket smash from Richard Gasquet. It was after a 40-shot rally. He didn't win the point, hence the racket smash. He threw it down into the ground. And then he started talking to himself quite a lot. And if you watch a lot of Richard Gasquet, they are very, very bad signs. It went downhill from there. Steve Johnson played his game and he got his first career top 10 win. It's one win, 13 defeats against top 10 players. Richard Gasquet is his scalp. Well, congratulations, Steve Johnson, frankly, because, yeah, great result for him in some very trying circumstances, and he dealt with them extremely well. Everybody else uh, has had to deal with the rain, too. That has been the major story of the day. It has been so frustrating, and for no one more so than head groundsman Graham Kimpton. I caught up with him at the end of what was a very long day. 
Graeme, you devote 365 days a year to preparing these meticulous grass courts and making them perfect for these players to play on. Is this kind of the nightmare day one from your perspective? Yes, I think it is, although it's sort of a nightmare day three, really, for us after qualies at the weekend. But, um, yeah, I mean, backwards and forwards all day is a lot worse than just rain for three hours and then sunshine for the rest of the day. But, you know, I've been here long enough to see it before and I'm sure we'll see it again. So we just uh, do what we've got to do and try and get, get the players back on. Tell me a little bit about what it's, what it's like for you on a day like this. How many people have you got working for you? Where, where are they all based? You know, are you on radios with them all? Is it panic stations? How does it all work? <laughs> it's definitely panic stations. No, no, no. We've got uh, about 25 guys here today, split into three teams because we've obviously got three match courts. We're all on radio. Um, and, yeah, we all sort of take the same command, try and cover at the same time. That can vary depending on if they want to finish a, a game or a set point or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy day for us, but the, most of the boys have all got lots of years of experience, uh, even the sort of casuals who come in just for the tournament. So they know the score, they know it's part of the deal, and um, we just get on with it, really. Graham, how much of a hard taskmaster are you? Do you have a set time which you get your boys to try and aim for in terms of covering the courts, and do they get a bit of a rollicking if they don't meet it? Um, I'm not that tough. I'd rather see it done safely uh, and quickly rather than just rushing on and beating a 33-second record or whatever. But, um, no, the boys know if they drag their feet, they'll, they'll be told. But all in all, they know the score and they know that uh, getting it on quick and safely is, uh, is the most important thing. Just got to hope the better days lie ahead, haven't we, Graham? Well, uh, yes, it can't be too much worse, but we'll get through. We've had worse forecasts than this and uh, got finished, so I'm, I'm pretty confident it'll all be all right. So a pretty painful day for Graham Kimpton and his team of ground staff, dealt with, as always, admirably, but still frustrating nonetheless, and he will definitely be hoping for sunnier days to come. We should definitely point out that everybody that had a ticket for, de- for today will be receiving a full refund because the policy is that unless you receive two hours of non-consecutive play, uh, a refund is given. So uh, I'm sure it's still greatly disappointing for anybody that held a ticket for today, but nonetheless, some consolation. But we do have a fantastic order of play for tomorrow, don't we? I mean, that is consolation for us and for anybody that holds a ticket for tomorrow. It is looking pretty sweet, isn't it? In brackets, really bad weather forecast. Rain predicted from 8am right through till about 6 or 7 in the evening. We just have to hope, as with some weather forecasts, they're not always right. And we will get little pockets of sunshine being at my positive best here. And we get some play done. But that is why they're going to start play 11.30 on all courts. Because it doesn't look too hot, the forecast. It doesn't. I'm going to read through this very optimistic order of play. I'm going to read right through to the bottom, even though we know that it might be a little bit unlikely that Carl Edmund ever takes to the court. But we're an optimistic podcast here at the Aegon Championship. So kicking off proceedings at 11.30am on the centre court, Fernando Vadasco against second seed Stan Vavrinka. Richard Krychek, of course, will be in the box for Stan Vavrinka and we'll be hearing from him very shortly on this podcast, followed by top seed Andy Murray taking on the very tricky prospect of Nicola Mahu. They are followed by possibly the most blockbuster first round match there's ever been at any ATP tournament. Nick Kyrgios up against Milos Raonic and then bringing up the rear on the centre court, Kyle Edmund and Gilles Simon. One rather suspects that they might have quite a frustrating day in store tomorrow. But hey, how about that order of play in principle? 
It's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, if you have a ticket for tomorrow, and if the weather forecast is wrong, as we hope, to see the likes of Stan Wawrinka taking to the court against someone, remember what Fernando Vadasco did to Nadal at the Australian Open at the start of the year. Andy Murray gets Nicola Mahuma, who's just won his fourth grass court title at the weekend, so his confidence is high, and he's doing so well in doubles at the moment. Then you mentioned Nick Kyrgios against Milos Raonic. It's, it's a shame we have to lose one of them at the first round stage, but it's blockbuster. Then Kyle Edmund, I think Kyle and his family, as they were today, are going to be spending a lot more time in the play lounge. It's a tricky first tie for him today, but great for him to be in and around what is an ATP 500 event. So it's all good experience. And help bring you a flavour of what's coming up tomorrow. You, Gigi, have caught up with a number of players featuring on the order of play, haven't you? Yeah, I managed to have a chat with a few of them in between practices when they were getting ready for what was due to be the first full days of play. The first one, Milos Raonic. Now, we're going to be talking, and we have spoken a little bit about this link up with John McEnroe, the super coach. But this is only the second time that Milos Raonic has played this tournament. So I just want to know, to start with, how it feels to be back. It's really nice to be back here. I had a great time last year playing here my first time, and to be back for the second time is very positive and something I'm very anxious to get going with. The weather's really frustrating. It always is in this country. But yesterday, I was wandering around in the players' lounge. That's a pretty nice place to spend some time. Yeah, it is. And uh, they really make a constant effort year in and year out to keep improving this tournament. I've experienced it from the change from last year to this year. And many players throughout the locker rooms discuss it and sort of are sure to mention it uh throughout the year and it's why i decided to come here and hopefully continue to do so there's a concierge service so anything your hearts desire they can sort out there's a barber's i don't know if you're precious about getting the haircut but you could nip in there for a bit of grooming yeah uh i i have my go-to guy in london (laughs) that i go to but they do take care of the players to every extent and they've helped us out so much especially the concierge has helped us out uh yesterday we got to go to an art gallery to see an exhibition all these kind of things, concert tickets, because there's many great musicians coming through here throughout these few weeks uh, leading up to Wimbledon, so it's nice. Talk about John McEnroe at the moment, your link-up with him. I was wondering, you spoke about already knowing him and getting on with him. If there, What was the one thing, if you could pick his brain about just one thing, if you only have one question for John McEnroe, what would it have been? I think it's, uh, it's really uh, how he was able to be as boisterous as he was and then turn that into a strength of his and a non-distracting aspect because there's very few people that can probably be that outspoken and then be able to turn that around quickly enough to be completely focused on the next point. Would you like a little bit of that yourself on the court or you just want to focus that into the game? No sort of yelling at referees? Uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll keep that to, my, to myself. And is it also nice this tournament because you're near the City of London so you can get out and about and just maybe switch off from tennis every now and then? Yeah, it is. And it's uh, nice to be here early. Obviously, the grass courts are phenomenal here. And uh, it's nice to really have that option after you're finished at the Queen's Club and when your day's over there's plenty of other ways to stimulate yourself and to keep yourself entertained happy and also not thinking too much about tennis because there's plenty of that throughout the year. Do you find it easy to switch off or are you constantly thinking about it somewhere in there? Uh, I have to keep myself busy so being in London is nice because there's plenty of things that can uh, keep my mind occupied. So I wanted to keep you busy and I know you like art galleries. I found three that are taking place at the moment now, I want to know which one of these you want to go and see and yes. why. So you can either go and see the Rolling Stones okay. at the Saatchi Gallery, a bit of Botticelli 
for the Victoria and Albert Museum or Conceptual Art in Britain, 1964 to 1979? Which one and why? Uh, the Rolling Stone Gallery, probably, uh, just because it's, uh, it's a big influence on the music history of the last uh, couple decades. And uh, it's something that I've really gotten into over the last little while, uh, sort of that 60s, 70s music. And I guess I'd like to see that a bit more. Yes, thank you very much and good luck at the tournament. Thank you very much. Really interesting stuff there from Milos Raonic. I mean, he is an interesting guy. It can sometimes be quite difficult to coax that personality out of him. I actually get the feeling that he's quite shy, but he is a really, really intriguing guy, I think. I know you did a, a corporate Q&A with him earlier and you had him laughing and he seems in really relaxed mood. And why wouldn't you be if you're Milos Raonic? I mean, his game without John McEnroe and his team seems perfect for grass. And now he's brought John McEnroe on board, surely he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I have to say, during the Q&A earlier, I shocked him slightly when I asked him if he was going to have a pedicure down in the players' lounge. He looked at me as if I was mad. And then on the way out, one of the guests at the event said, wouldn't you be proud of him if he was your son? And I think that sums up Milos Raonic perfectly because... The ultimate compliment. It really is. You'd want to bring him home if you had a daughter, if you walked through the door with Milos Raonic. On court, people have noticed from the start of this year, he's coming forward more. He's got the game and people wondered why he didn't come to the net more. He had a bad experience a few years ago at Wimbledon. He was out for three months with an injury and he said that really shook him up in terms of his game and this surface. He's now brought John McEnroe on as an advisor, as he likes to call them. He is CEO of Tennis Raonic, and McEnroe's the latest advisor. Carlos Moyer with Ivan Lubacic going to Roger Federer. Carlos Moyer came on and gave him a little bit more confidence and he's been serving and volleying a lot more. We saw that through the first part of the year. If he can stay injury free, if he can take something from John McEnroe, he wants to take the sort of madness of McEnroe and put it into his play, then who knows what he can achieve. I mean, he said also today, they said, what are your goals, Milos? He said, I want to win Grand Slams and I want to win, be world number one. He is ambitious, isn't he? He's nothing if not ambitious. Uh, who else have you been catching up with, Gigi? I had quite a long chat with Grigor Dimitrov, who has such fond memories of this tournament because it was this tournament that took a chance on a very young Dimitrov. He then said his aim was to win the title. He won that title in 2014. Now, things have been tricky for him, a little bit both on and off the court, but when I sat down with him, he was in very relaxed mode, and we began with talking about one of the favourite areas for the players off the court. That is something we always talk about, and it's the players' lounge. In each year, it's 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 a great uh, it's a great atmosphere. Um, you have a lot of space down uh, downstairs. You have a great food, and I mean everyone, the whole team. I think at the tournament is doing an absolutely spectacular job. You know, it's uh, it's very easygoing, and um, and yeah, I think it's a great understanding of that tournament, and you know that's why it's one of the best tournaments. Players also like this tournament because it's so close to London; you can get into the city. Um, last year you spoke about bringing your mum with you and show your mum around a little bit. Exactly. So if you brought your mum back, but what's yeah. the plan? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. No, it's just the things you, you when you get out here. It's it's more about the routine. So you try to you have your team here. You try to work on those routines. You try to um, you know avoid the things that you've done. Let's say bad last year. You know, in a way, you try to uh, you try to let go of the of all that. And in the same time, it just takes a bit of time, obviously, for you to to get in the rhythm. But I mean, after a few days, you're back. You know, you're back, sort of, sort of back on a horse and. It's nice because you stay at Wimbledon and then you just drive out here. You can practice. There's course pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, it's just a very, like, I think these, these weeks are one of the sort of the easiest weeks, like on tour. You know, you know like, everything's at once and, you know, you want gym, you want courts, you want to go in the city, you want to go see a musical, movie, anything, you name it. It's just uh, sometimes it doesn't feel like a tournament mode. Well, the downside is it's such a, a short season the yeah. season you just got to get in here and hit the ground running or it's over yeah i mean so yeah that's what i'm saying you need to enjoy the the uh, every moment spent out there that's why i think the early days on the grass are very important to to get the body going to prepare yourself also mentally to to feel the grass to to work on your movement a little bit that that just that just takes a lot out of you the first three four days and and then yeah you're off to go but um you know, I enjoy it a lot. So every moment, it doesn't matter winning, losing. It's like for me, it's it's a it's a very nice, uh, very nice feeling. I always like grass, so um, I don't get too down on myself either way. Well, the ever so likable Grigor Dimitrov there. It's impossible not to like him. It's impossible not to feel for him during these uh, slightly turbulent times he's going through. I saw his press conference in Paris after he lost that heartbreaking match to Viktor Troitsky, having been in. Uh, a leading position and it, it really was heartbreaking for him you could see it in his eyes you could hear it in his voice it's been a difficult time for him but in the context of that this is probably the perfect place for him to come isn't it and try and build up a bit of confidence and build up a bit of form in one of the places that he loves playing tennis the most and confidence is the key and we also think back to what happened in Istanbul in that final against Diego Schwartzman that wasn't the Gregor Dimitrov that anybody knows and he went out on social media he put a message to his fans and his family and to Schwartzman and said I'm really sorry that was so out of character it shouldn't have happened he he came onto the scene with the baby fed tag which he didn't like he wanted to shake it off he's such a talented player he's won titles on each and every surface he knows how to play the game he's got the physique he's got the build he needs the confidence he's got to get himself back on track he's a great player he's done good things he can do better things but he's got to be careful because that new next gen group of players are coming through and they're going to eclipse him but as you say this place has so many good memories for him he likes playing on the surface and if he can do something here it could be the kickstart that he needs 
Yeah, it's almost as if the whole of the tennis world is willing Grigor Dimitrov on to, to fulfil his potential and, and hopefully start to do so this week at the Queen's Club. Well, kicking off that amazing order of play on the centre court tomorrow is Stan Vavrinka. And up until a couple of days ago, he was the talk of the town. Up until Andy Murray gazumped him with his own big super coach announcement, the fact that Vavrinka had appointed Richard Krajcek, the former Wimbledon champion, onto his team, that was the talk of the town. It's a very interesting appointment and I have had the privilege today to catch up with Krajcek. Well, Richard, it's great to see you back here at the Queen's Club. And of course, the reason we see you back here is at the Queen's Club is because you've teamed up in a coaching relationship with Stan Vavrinka. Tell me how that came about. Was it something you were actively seeking out or did the call come out of the blue? Yeah, I was actively seeking out with other players before. Uh, but the call from uh, from uh, Stan's coach, actually, Magnus Norman was the first one to call. That was a bit of a surprise. And uh, yeah, then it was an easy uh, decision because I already had in my head, like, OK, I want to try to find a player for the grass court season. And then uh, later on in the year, uh, try to find a permanent uh, uh, relationship with a, with a player, um, coaching relationship. So um, yeah, this was this was great. So on Wednesday afternoon, I get the call. And on Friday morning, first flight, I'm on my way to London. Was it a total no-brainer? Was there any doubt in your mind? Did you hear Stan Wawrinka, two-time Grand Slam champion, and think this is this is the chance in a lifetime? It, it was a great opportunity straight away, so it was was very nice and uh, had a good feeling straight away. But then also my talk with Magnus was important, and also the talk with Stan. You know, they're very ambitious and they want to improve on the grass. Uh, they, they they see that maybe the things that they uh, that, that that Stan can do better, and uh, that he would like input, and and that uh, I was high on their list. Well, we spoke to Stan yesterday, and he said. One of the motivations for getting you on board, if not the motivation, was to exploit his grass court potential. What do you think that potential is? He's won a slam on hard, he's won a slam on clay. Can he do it on grass? We have to wait and see. I mean, last year he was unlucky or unlucky. I mean, he played a very good match in the quarters. He could have, should have maybe make, uh, made the semis. And then, of course, there's one, two guys who, uh, two or three guys, actually, let's say it's Roger, Rafa and Andy, who are really uh, high level, that those are the guys to beat on grass. But uh, Stan is, uh, is going to be seeded fourth, so he doesn't have to worry about those players until the semi. So uh, I, I think he's, um, he's got a big game and he can beat uh, a lot of players. And maybe if you add one or two things or talk just about the grass, about the strategy, uh, then maybe that, that is just the extra that, uh, that, that will help him to, 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 to do more than the, the quarterfinals that he's reached uh, so far. So... I hope I can, um, I can, I, I can for sure add something to the game. But I hope it, it is enough to to make him uh, 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 achieve more than he's done so far on grass. Well, he also said yesterday that he feels that you've already added something to game to his game. We will we will see some changes the next time we see him out on court. We're hoping to see him soon on the doubles court, weather permitting. What are those changes? What will we see already, and what changes are you hoping to instigate in the near future? Yeah, just a little bit sometimes where he places the ball. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell all the secrets. but uh, Just a few. Uh, <laughs> no, we just worked on, on on a few things. and So let, let's just wait and see. But it, it, it would be nice sometimes if he, if he comes in, of course, I think. But he's not a certain volley player, so you cannot treat him like maybe other players that you have the feeling yeah, you should serve volley most of the times but uh, or come in all the time. But, um, yeah, we'll... we'll uh, 
we'll see. We only had two two days on the grass. I mean, yesterday and today was was on the hard court. So uh, uh, we see how it, uh, it goes. And also now it's interesting. You know, it's rained a lot and the grass is still green, so it's slippery. Also, that you have to approach a bit different, uh, different to move, different uh, to play on. And then later in the week or when it's a, there's a lot of sunshine. What's it been like for you personally? As you said, it's only been a short period of time, but to be back in the locker room, back on tour, if you like, what's that like? Yeah, it's it's a great feeling. Uh, it's funny that actually last year, uh, I brought, just before the US Open, I was playing with the idea of 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 of, uh, of that it's coming really close. I mean, I have this ambition for the last 13 years already to be coaching, but I have to wait for my kids to to leave <laughs> to leave the house finally now so um and then uh, i said actively watch m- many more matches but also in a different way so like oh, how would i play against this guy this guy this guy so it's been already in my brain so th- i i enjoyed it a lot and i mean even australian open which normally i don't watch because it's terrible time so i got up at three in the morning watching matches analyzing matches so it was already preparing myself in a way and see if I really liked it and I liked it and now being in the locker room uh, being uh, especially in the players lounge you know hanging out with some players and also uh, with, with, with Stan and, and, and uh, Yannick and we have a lot of fun so uh, I think ah, th- that's how it's like it's tough you know the waiting and it can be sometimes a bit like long days but um, so far eh, it's only the first couple of days but uh, I'm enjoying it a lot and it's it's, it's what I thought it would be hoped for and um, it's, it's positive and of course you're not alone there are so many super coaches with players now many of them here at the Queen's Club this week and another quite new phenomenon is for players to have one coach and then to bring on a specialist super coach like you've been brought on to help stand with his grass court game I'm interested in the interaction between the two coaches I remember Milos Raonic in Paris described himself as being the CEO of Raonic Inc and Carlos is giving one set of input and McEnroe is giving the other but at the end of the day he makes the decisions how is it going to work with you and Magnus do you think? Yeah, we have to see how that works, but I think uh, Magnus called me, so that's of course very positive. So it was really a, a, a decision he made together with uh, with Stan, and um, I, I think it's possible because I had some contact now. Also, I sent a couple of messages, long messages, like, "Look, we worked on this, we did this. I told him this. Uh, tell me how you feel about it." And he said, "No, no, it's exactly how I feel. So it's good that he hears it from somebody else as well." So so far, it's been positive, and we we, we think the same way. Also with Yannick, the, the other coach, and when I talk to him about tennis, how I see things, he, uh, yeah, so so far he he agrees, and um, yeah, it's just a confirmation a lot of times of what uh, what what they've been telling Stan. So uh, that that is always uh, uh, nice, and yeah, and sometimes I add a little new uh, new things to it. And just finally, of all the super coaches here at the Queen's Club this week, we've got you, we've got Goran, we will have Van Lendel, we've got John McEnroe. Who would win if we held a little super coach tournament? Yeah, it's, especially on the grass, is Goran easy? Yeah, I mean, you reckon? Yeah, he would. He would kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. now he's by far too good. He's fit. He's playing well, and he's got that terrible lefty serve. And uh, I think Ivan, John, and I would be fighting for second place, but Goran would be the number one. So Richard Krajicek being very humble there and predicting that his old rival Goran Ivanovic would win a super coach off. I did actually have a couple of words with Goran earlier, and uh, I I told him that Krajicek had predicted that he would be the winner, and he pretty much said, "Damn right, I would." Uh, so if if David were here, we'd have got a Goran. Ivanovic impersonation there but listener you have been spared but 
Gigi, who who you got your money on? Firstly, I can't do an Ivanisevic uh, impression. Secondly, can we make that happen? Can we get those guys on a court together? I think now they've put it out there and they've started to talk about it, I think we should make it happen. But on this surface, I know Krychek said that Michael Chang, in terms of fitness, is probably the fittest out of all of them. But you'd have to say, on this surface, you would put your money on Ivanisevic coming through. I think I probably have to agree with you. I've just had a thought there. I mean, it might be difficult to get them on the grass tennis courts for a super coach off, but if we do get all the rain that is predicted, how about we try and get them on a table tennis table in the players' lounge? How about that? Well, that's a good idea. Now, you know what? Let's, let's try that. We've got the pool table down there. We've got the table tennis down there. So I think if the rain continues, we can sort something out because they're such competitive creatures. It doesn't matter if they've retired. They almost get more competitive as they get older. So I think that could be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see the first time that McEnroe and Lendl are in opposing player boxes. I just can't wait. And that brings me nicely onto the subject of Ivan Lendl. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with me until now and not tuning out because the, uh, the Catherine Whitaker with the now uh, tarnished credibility is presenting a tennis podcast. Yes, I said, I think I actually used the word unforeseeable in relation to the uh, possible reunion of uh, Ivan Lendl and Andy Murray and frankly as silly as it sounds now I do stand by how I felt then I was flabbergasted by this news I, I stand by the fact that I just didn't think it would happen and I was wrong I mean I really was flabbergasted yesterday it's it's like getting back together with an old boyfriend and, and for me that's never worked out I'm not sure there are many people that it's worked out for I really hope it will work out for Andy Murray I've seen the quotes from Andy I can see the logic in what he's doing and I trust his judgment so I think there's every chance that it will reap dividends but boy was I wrong in your defense they do say never go back whether it's personal or business they do say just don't do it but obviously in this case they parted ways amicably it just wasn't working in terms of travel and how much time Andy Murray needed at the time there's obviously in a good way some unfinished business they were so successful when they were together so they've decided to give it another go and one of the quotes from Ivan Lendl was it's going to be a lot of fun so we shall see we're going to see their first match together here with Lendl back in the box but you had your right to reply I think it's fair enough I think there would have been a few people who if you spoke to them would say they did not see this one coming One of those people was not David Law. He's been pretty smug. I'm glad he wasn't on this podcast. Uh, Will we allow him back on future days? We don't know. Remains to be seen. But it's been such a pleasure, Gigi, to have you and your slightly less smug presence. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, both of us. David Law possibly as well. Do join us. Only slightly less smug. (laughs) 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 Do you want me to redo it? That sounded awful. I didn't mean it like that. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>